This message is sponsored by Life Touch Massage. For your next massage service, call us at 205-718-5144 or visit the web at www.lifetouchal.com. Remember, relief is only a touch away. Camping, holla at me. <laughs> we fresh off a of vacation, cuz. Yeah, cool. Feeling good though. Yeah, so how you feeling? For real? I'm feeling good though. <laughs> I just said that. But no, um, man, we just came from the Gulf Shores, had a nice relaxing break. My wife surprised me with a little Father's Day trip. Took the kids fishing for the very first time. Um, man, took just, me fishing for the very yeah. first time. And we just had a good time. Met my cousin down there and. His family, and we just had a, a fantastic voyage. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Yeah, I think it was really nice. I think for the first time in a long time, we had one of those vacations where um, it wasn't an agenda. Like, we've gone to places like Orlando and going to Lego World and SeaWorld, and, and it was fun. You know, we had a good time with the kids. Um, but then you come back from the vacation and you're exhausted. Yeah, you need a vacation from the vacation. Yeah, you feel yeah. like you need to, some wind down time before you have to go back to work. And I think what I really enjoyed about this vacation was everything was convenient. We could yeah. literally walk out of our condo and go to the pier to fish or go to the pool. You could see it from your from the balcony or just walk across the street to you the see beach. See the beach and we just walk across the street and had a good time. Go to the beach, chill, get some sun. Yeah, I chill at the beach. Lamar sat on the sidelines and told us where we could and could not go in the ocean <laughs> the entire time. They be so, stressing me out, man. Like Shaking his legs. We couldn't even enjoy swimming in the ocean because he kept saying, you're going too far. Come back. Come back now. I don't care if you know how to swim or not. Don't worry, it's a catch. You got my babies out there. Uh, me and the kids had a good time swimming in the ocean. So much so I had to take down my braids, curls his back. <laughs> um, and that was a whole adventure in itself. But That stressed me out. I had to sit on the sideline and be lifeguard. <laughs> but all in all, I think it was a good way to engage in self-care with us yeah. talking all the time about stress management. Um, I felt like we engaged in some good self-care to reduce stress. Lamar had just been going on and on nonstop how he just needed a vacation. And it was supposed to be a surprise, which I could never successfully surprise him because every time I planned a surprise, he started planning his own thing. So he kept trying to plan off time and I had already arranged for him to be off and I didn't want him to accidentally put himself on the schedule when he realized that he was not on the schedule for this particular yeah, time. How you going to have my front desk? take me off the scares without my knowledge you know what i mean like it was cool though i appreciate it mm-hmm. because it happened yeah. so but i will look at the schedule you know what clients were trying to book with me i'm like why am i blocked off <laughs> <laughs> what is going on here oh, i don't remember nothing going on yeah but all in all it was good you ready yeah. to get into this week's discussion let's do it let's do it let's talk about sex we're two self-care experts, a massage therapist, and a licensed professional counselor, husband and wife, and parents of three, business owners and working professionals, who have intimate experience with stress both professionally and personally. Our podcast aims to teach the everyday professionals.
themselves through the stresses in life while learning to be their best in life. Welcome to what up, though? season two, episode three of Living the Stress Life. I am your host, Tiffany Story. I'm Lamar Story. What it do? What the business is? And this week we are talking about stress and sex or sexual intimacy <clears throat> um, in your relationship, marriage. And this is a topic Lamar loves to discuss and debate. He feels like you know, he is. I feel a, like I'm a, I'm a very intimate type of individual. You know what I mean? I like to be, I like intimate conversations. I like, I mean, my job is intimate, you know, but I like to talk about the ways that we can build intimate relationships with people, mm-hmm. you know, because I think bottom line, that's, that's essential to connecting to individuals, connecting to the world and connecting to the earth is providing that intimate space that we can be vulnerable and feel like we are we have some things in common and that we can kind of just love when you really think about it it's all love bruh so let's let's i guess tell people a little bit about why we're talking about um sexual intimacy and um why we're having this discussion why, why are we having this discussion? We talked about this in the car, remember? <laughs> it was something you said. No, it was something you said. Like, you said? chose the topic for this one. Yes, so, I did. So, basically, Lamar was just talking about how he encountered so many people. Yeah, so I encountered so many people that... <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> thank you. I needed that little, that little push. <laughs> but um, I encountered so many people who, you know, when they first get married... Relationships are great, or you know, in a relationship, relationships are great. Um, they're doing spontaneous things together. They're going on trips. They're having fun. But in my line of work, I hear the stories of the people who've been married for years. Right, when all of that stuff is gone, all the fire and desire is gone, and I'm like, why? Um, what what's really happening here? Like, is there no will to actually reignite what existed? You know, and some people are like, no, like, I'm tired. Like, whatever happened in a relationship, you know, nobody's perfect. Things happen in relationships. And I think what happens is a lot of times they go through things, people go through things, and they don't, they don't deal with what they go through. Things so like they just keep carrying in on. A relationship? Yeah, things, it could be anything. It could be somebody cheated, somebody lied, a miscarriage, some, a miscarriage, death or, of a child. You know, somebody did some financial issues, uh, stress from your job, stress from your kids. I mean, all of these things play an important uh, role in intimacy. So I was listening to another podcast that we like to listen to is the Love Hour with uh, what's the guy's name? Kevin, uh, Kev on stage. Kev on stage. And Miss Kev on stage. And Miss Kev on stage. That's a good podcast. Y'all should check it out. But they talked about um, um, how guys and how men and women are different when it comes to the bedroom. So it's about like your mind can be so cluttered. I think this works 
actually on both sides, but probably more so towards women. If your mind is so cl cluttered, you can't even register the sexual touch that somebody's trying to give you. You know, so they brought that up. It's like, you know, because sometimes my wife is type A, so everything is always going through her head. But I've had the chance to experience that recently before we went on this vacation because I got so much stuff going through my head, dealing with the business, dealing with employees, and just trying to satisfy everybody that I couldn't register intimate touch. You know what I mean? It was just like, you know, I my mind didn't have the space for it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I think that happens with you a lot. It's like, everything else, you're like, I need to do this. We need to do this to the house. I need to do this. This person calling me. You know, then we have these devices. We always had these devices in our hands and all everybody's stories. If you got a thousand followers or a thousand people you're following, you got a thousand and more things going through your head because now you're worried about everybody else's situation. You know, so then it, when you get to the bedroom, it becomes even harder to be intimate because your mind is just so jumbled with all this stuff. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think what they point what Kev on stage, Miss Kev on stage pointed out, um, in their podcast is a really real phenomena when it comes to men and women and how um, and how stress and everyday in everyday life impacts our ability to be sexually intimate and vulnerable with our partners. I like, you know, like you mentioned, I am more type A. Um, but I think also for me, sexual intimacy goes hand in hand with where I am emotionally. And so I feel like, um, if I'm not in a good emotional space with you, even if it's unknown to you, like, I might be frustrated because I asked you to, you know, call your mom a thousand times to ask her mm -hmm. to pick up the kids or um, I've asked you to do something for me or there was a task you were supposed to be c completed or you just said something I felt like was sh shady and petty or or whatever. Even if you don't know it, if I'm not in a good emotional space with you or I'm, I'm not able to uh, compartmentalize what's going on, then sexual intimacy is not a go for me. And so I think. And a lot of times with guys. What's so frustrating is that we can be opposite. Like when we're stressed out, sex, sex can be a release for us. Mm -hmm. It helps us to de-stress, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, I'm so stressed out, baby. I just need what Dr. Phil said one time. <laughs> I was a Dr. Phil. He spit gay one time. He's like, I just need a, a soft place to lay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look at Dr. Phil got gay. <laughs> He's like, he just went to his wife and was like, look, I just need a soft place to lay. I was like, Dr. Phil? <laughs> Dr. Phil got gay, dog. I ain't gonna lie. I will say that, you know, I believe that is really true. Um, and I was telling Lamar when we were just talking about the podcast and having some discussion. I can get into these, like, deep tangents. But at one point, we were trying to watch the show on, was it on HBO or Stars? Um, 
Outlander. Stars, I think. Yeah. yeah, it was Outlander on Stars. We had to stop watching that. That show was kind of traumatic for us. Um, and it, it wasn't something we just said. We just both stopped bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, we just stopped watching it. <laughs> we just stopped watching it. And um, it was really the gay scenes that got us. Um, I, won't get into, uh, I won't get into all of it. It was rape that really got yeah. us. Yeah. Well, for a man him, being raped by another man. Yeah, it was very. It, it was just too traumatic. But I will say, I think that what, uh, what really resonated with me was when the show first started. Um, the lady basically that just give kind of overall synopsis of what the show is about is basically is this lady who gets lost back in time she gets lost in time because her and her husband go to this historical place they're trying to rekindle both of them have have been away many years um at war and so the war is over and they're trying to just get away and reconnect and it was something that she said about how you know they just felt disconnected um and at times where she felt really disconnected from him the one thing that she enjoyed or that was like a highlight of their marriage was sexual intimacy and she described sexual intimacy as their process for finding their way back to each other and I was like man that's deep like basically I feel disjointed I feel disconnected and so the one thing that I felt the one she was basically saying the one thing I felt that was vital in this relationship is I could have sex with my husband and feel like we were one that we were finding our way back to each other and I just kind of really broke that down in my mind like baby come back <laughs> what does what does that mean and basically you know if you think about it when you are having sex you were with your husband sexual intimacy you are emotionally vulnerable you are physically vulnerable but it allows both you guys to kind of your mind is not focused on it shouldn't be focused on anything else like if you're in a real open place with your husband during sexual intimacy or with your wife during sexual intimacy then and it really takes you come yeah you come together and when you come together you guys are one I mean, just your body's joining, you are one. Mm-hmm. And so today we kind of wanted to talk about, um, for one, things that impact sexual intimacy in relationships. And two, we wanted to really give some tips about what you can do to bring the spark back into your relationship. We talked about self-care this past Tuesday on our Talk About It Tuesday segment. Um, if you hadn't checked that out, go to our Facebook Instagram every Tuesday we do an online talk about just different issues that are related to stress or managing stress um, and it's at different times I've been playing around with different times but uh, follow us on Facebook or Instagram and um, you'll be able to catch those segments and we now have a YouTube page living the stress life YouTube you can check that out but um, living the stressed ed yeah life. stressed life on YouTube um, but one of the things I talked about on Talk About It Tuesday is being intentional. And so when it comes to sexual intimacy, especially once you've been in a relationship for a long time um, and you have history um, in that relationship, you have to be very intentional about um, 
keeping the fire or passion in your marriage. And so, so one thing I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this out there. One thing that my wife gave to me was we dating. Mm-hmm. We were dating, and for some reason she was being fast at a young age and writing notes about sexual no, intimacy. Fa- that that was it wasn't even about sexual intimacy. That's how you translated it. Okay. When I was said. sixteen, my parents, my sixteenth birthday, when they threw my me a sweet sixteen party, they gave me a hope chest. The hope chest had a scripture a hope on with it. H O P E. A hope chest. Hope chest. Yes. Yes. Not a whole chest. <laughs> a hope chest. So they gave me this chest, and what I was supposed to do with this chest is I was basically supposed to save things. Um, that were important to me. It was a place to store things that um, I, I wanted to use in the future. It was th- a, a place for me to store things that were important. And well, since I was a young girl, I always wanted to be married. I wanted to be a wife and I wanted to be a mom. And so I, and I've always been kind of old, you know. And so I fell in love with Mikasa Crystal. And so... Some of y'all wanna know what that oh, is. We're talking about the letter. Oh, hold on. But I fell in love with Mikasa Crystal. And I started collecting wine glasses and crystal for me to have a china cabinet. Now who thinks about having a china cabinet at age sixteen? I don't know. To the letter, though. Okay. So fast forward, we're dating and <clears throat> he gets a letter from some crystal candle holders, Mikasa crystal candle holders, that I was saving. And I used them on a date. And what did the letter say, babe? Never let the fire burn out of our relationship. Mm, that girl so was she gave deep, it to me. And I, I put it in my wallet. I still got it to this day. It's and, raggedy, um, too. <laughs> it was raggedy, but I still got it. But I also, I, 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 Every time I think about, <clears throat> we've been married, what, 14 years? It'll be 14. <clears throat> yeah. So every time I think about the fire burning out of our relationship, it happens. It happens to the best of us, right? I think, you know, I don't know if it's boredom or it's just you get so <clears throat> used to the routine. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it happens to the best of us. But I always go back and think about that letter. So I always take it as my responsibility to not let the fire burn out in our relationship. So that's what we want to kind of talk about today. You know, it happens to the best of us. So some of the signs that we have heard. Hold on. Before we even get into the signs, let's talk about some of the things first that can impact your marriage and cause that that relationship to fizzle. Um we kind of touched on it briefly. You know, you have things that happen in a relationship like infidelity, miscarriages, um, you know, financial struggles, um, a, ch- a death of a child, um, all of these things. But there are things that are small and little that I think can impact the marriage that we don't necessarily pay attention to. Like then- leaving your shoes next to the bed all the time. Or, you know, not cleaning up or not cooking or not. Yeah. All the not nots. You know just what I mean? Just not so meeting just, the, your partner's expectations. Yeah. And, I and think, not knowing their love language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which he's saying something about love language, but I be telling him all the time, you ain't speaking my love language right now. He'd be like, stop with the love language stuff. Yeah. But. I'm, I, a, I'm a chemistry type person, too. I also believe, you know, we read, we was reading this article from. Um, 
USA Today. And um, I also believe that in the article it talks about we had to ditch the myth that sex should be spontaneous and easy. I always thought it should be. I always thought it should be spontaneous and easy. Um, and then, of course, until the years went by, I was like, you know what? It has, like my wife just said, it has to be on purpose, right? It's not easy and it's not always spontaneous. And I think sometimes I used to hate like feeling forced to do something. Like my wife would be like, I try to have sex with my wife. She'd be like, well, let's wait till tomorrow night. I'm like, yeah, that defeats the purpose. He'd like, be like, that's all right. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> like, I want to do it now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, to me, it was something about being put on a schedule that I didn't like. You know what I mean? Like, and my schedule was just to put it off because I just didn't feel like it doing it now. Yeah, and she so probably making- had clutter head at the moment. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, to me, it was like that's it. I felt like it wasn't real intimacy. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was another job or something. Then, like, if I have to wait until three or eight p.m. Saturday night to have sex, then I was like, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we can have sex twenty minutes in the bathroom while the kids playing. You know what? When my my wife, when she became a mom. And I hear this a lot too. A lot sometimes something changes, right? So all the spontaneity and stuff like that is like I don't want my kids to find out, or I don't want this to happen, or you know I want my kids to see me this way. They they know. I, <laughs> every time I have sex, she's like, "You too loud." I'm like, "They cannot hear us." <laughs> okay. <laughs> like they they can't hear us. All right, move on. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> Can I say something? <laughs> So some but, of the, some of the signs that you can see that with the intimacy and the fire start burning out, and I hear this from the guys a lot, that their wife no longer wants to kiss. It's something about the kiss is very intimate. You know, I've had conversations with guys that, you know, when they're just randomly dating, they won't even kiss those women that they have sex with because to some guys, kissing is more intimate than the actual sexual act. So when you think about, yeah, it is deep. It's like when you're kissing someone, it's almost like you love them, right? So from a guy's perspective, if if you're not, if you're no longer interested in the deep kiss, there's something missing there. It's almost like you don't love me as much anymore. Um, So that's one of the things. How do you feel about that? I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. I think what I would like to say is, I think for women, like I said, for me personally, um, sexual intimacy and my emotional state go hand in hand. And I think for a lot of women, um, when their expectations are not being met, when they are not able to compartmentalize, when they're not being fulfilled on an emotional level, um, sexual intimacy can become a task and I think the danger with um, men and women both is when you disconnect from the emotional aspect of sex to satisfy a physical need 
meaning that you start to engage with sex and your partner to satisfy the the cravings that your body has or the desires that your body has, but you are not allowing yourself to emotionally connect with the, your partner or um, emotionally join with your partner. And I think a lot of people can get to that place. And I think that's a really dangerous place because it's sex. But there's no intimacy. You can't call it sexual intimacy because you're withholding your emotional, um, your emotional self from the actual act. And so, you know, I think a lot of people need to pay special attention that when you have discord in your relationship, when you have a lot of things on your plate, when you're stressed at work, or you're just generally unhappy, even if you can't pinpoint what's really causing your unhappiness it has a huge impact on sexual intimacy and i think people also evolve and they change too so what what you desire from sex when you are first married changes as you get older and and you recognize that you need different things emotionally spiritually and mentally and so I think that people need to pay special attention to stress because stress deeply impacts relationship and health. Health, you know, when you take certain medications, if you don't pay attention to your diet and you start having issues like gout and diabetes and Crohn's disease and hypertension and you start taking medication, a lot of side effects of medication could be incompetence for both men and women. You know, it can lower your libido. And so... Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically your sex drive. Um, and so it's important to realize that, and men and women peak at different stages and ages in their life sexually. Men peak at a younger age. Women tend to peak when they're a little bit older. And that's why sometimes you see all these cougars or people who are married cougars. dating young guys because around their 30s early 40s they're peaking sexually and having heightened need for sex increased libido and men are winding men are winding down but at 20 19 25 you got men out here wanting to hump everything they see and so it's important for men and women to also recognize (laughs) them ladies i do too (laughs) that they peak at different times sexually and so um Depending on where you are in your marriage, that can impact your sexual intimacy as well. So we want to focus in on the last, you know, spend the majority of this time really focusing on what can you do to improve your sexual intimacy. So we're going to forgo our whole tips of the day because the whole podcast is pretty much tips. Tips. Yeah. Um. So let's let's get let's get into it. What what's so we're gonna give you seven things that you can do to improve your sexual intimacy. Let's start with number one. So the first one is boost your dopamine together. One thing that caused butterflies when you first met was the chemical cocktail in your body saying, says Levine, which is the person who wrote this article. Recreate this by doing something novel. Check out a new restaurant, take a cooking class together, do something fun that you both enjoy and excited to try. So dopamine. Dopamine is the natural chemical your body makes. It's a pleasure chemical that tells the body you're happy. It's the same chemical response you have when you eat sugar 
um, when you're having fun. Break it down. Yeah, the body produces a chemical called dopamine, and yes. that, that chemical is a pleasure chemical. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it says boost your dopamine, it basically is saying engage in activities that causes your brain to make a chemical that says, we like this, this feels good, we're happy. And do it together. So and you have so many times that you have. So guys, we see this all the time. The guys will have a fellas trip where they go and have a blast. And then the women will have a all-girls trip and they'll go have a blast and they do things that they hadn't done with their spouses. Yeah. Try doing it together. I'm going to tell you the importance of doing it together too. The way that the brain works is it associates <laughs> it associates the activity that you're doing when it makes this chemical response as this makes me happy. So the brain has this funny way of saying, if I did this with my partner, I associate my partner with happiness. Meaning that after you've engaged in so many activities that create dopamine with your partner, your body will naturally start to associate happiness with the partner. So even if you're not engaging in any activities, when you begin to see your partner, you will create dopamine. It's almost like operant conditioning. It's, yeah, it's conditioning. It's conditioning. That's yeah. the, and that's probably why so many, like when people get frustrated, they run to their girlfriends or their homeboys mm-hmm. instead of running to their, their partners, their husbands or their wives. Mm-hmm. Because maybe they've already conditioned themselves to this is where I can go for peace. Yes. This is where I can go to have fun. This is where I can go to escape from stress. And and then we look at our partners or you know, our husbands or our wives as those stressors, you know, a sense or a source of stress. And we can start to increase cortisol, which is a stress hormone yeah. with the partner. So we, what begins to happen, and I talked about this on Talk About It Tuesday when I was talking about the power of positivity and how if you hate your job and you work at a coffee shop, the example that was used is if you hate your job and you work at a coffee shop, over time, coffee. you'll start to hate. This Every time you smell coffee, it will put you in a bad place and you you associate coffee um, with negative feelings. So your mm. brain would begin to despise coffee because it associates, because you're in a place where you smell coffee when you're experiencing these negative thoughts with you don't like coffee, so coffee makes me unhappy. So the same thing. Yeah. Well, the second tip that we have is kiss more often. At the beginning of a relationship, couples often enjoy deep kissing, but over time they tend to stop. Continue to hug, kiss, cuddle is an important component of a healthy relationship. So this is where I wanted to add my piece about kissing. Um, I think that it's the same. It's the same. Well, it goes back into what I was saying earlier. The one thing I liked about the show Outlander, the one takeaway that really resonated with me was when she said that when she felt disjointed from her husband and felt like she was disconnected, sexual intimacy brought them back together. And I think what happens is when you're first in that infatuation stage in a relationship where you just can't get enough of the other person, people tend to kiss deeply. And as time goes on, they stop engaging in that. And I think they stop engaging in, in that is because they become emotionally invested. And when you become emotionally connected and emotionally invested in someone, um, you get you open yourself up, you become vulnerable, and you get hurt. 
okay, you didn't like the way they said something to you or they didn't they didn't give you enough time. They didn't meet this expectation. And so what happens is you begin to try to put up a wall emotionally. Well, if I'm compartmentalizing all the things that I'm feeling emotionally, I cannot kiss you. Because in order for me to kiss you and kiss you deeply and be one with you, because I feel like when you kiss somebody, y'all trying to become one. It's almost similar to sex, you know? Um, and when you're doing that, you have to be open. And so if I'm not in a good place with you emotionally, I can't be open and vulnerable with you. I can't compartmentalize and hold all this stuff in and kiss you deeply because that requires me to be open and vulnerable and be one with you. And so I think... You know, one of the so things basically that, need to work on some stuff. But yeah, all right. Be intentional. Be yeah. intentional about kissing. You know, that's what the article is basically saying. And then you had to re- learn how to release whatever that is, whoever the issue is. You got to you got to find a way to release whatever that is, whether it's counseling, uh, exercising, or whatever. Journaling. Or communicating with your partner. How about that? Actually, before we got it, got into these tips, the first, the very first thing they suggested was communication. Communication with your partner about the way you feel, about all of your feelings. You have to start there because if you don't have communication, it kind of goes like we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So you have to actually be with someone that you can actually share your true feelings with and let people feel all of their feelings alright you can't control how they feel a lot of times my wife she would tell me how she feels and I would feel like oh man I'm responsible for how she feels and I feel so bad because she feels this way and then she had to tell me like no this is just how I feel and I couldn't control her feelings because sometimes the way she felt made me feel bad then I had to think about it like no those are her feelings and like when I have my feelings these are my feelings Nobody can control your feelings. Things that come out, things that you feel, express those to your partner. Third tip, remember what it was like when you first met. So turn off the TV, turn off the cell phone. The cell phone is the third person in the room, right? And we're seeing that more and more often from couples sitting next to each other in restaurants, at the movies, and in the bedroom, and the other person is on the phone until they fall asleep. It's like you just had a conversation with a whole bunch of other folks and I'm right here in the bed with you. You know, so think about that. Turn off those things and then reminisce about fun times that you've had with your partner. Reminisce about the good old days because this starts to bring about memories which tends to spark those old feelings that you have again. Number four, make a list of sexual possibilities. Which is Lamar's favorite thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) It says you can look through a sex book together, a movie, a novel. Um, Actually, I found this really dope app. And she's trying to make me sound like the freaky one. (laughs) But it's an app called Ultimate Intimacy. I'm a very intimate person. I just like intimate relationships but this he um, likes spontaneity I do like spontaneity 
And this app is called <laughs> Whatever. This app is called <laughs> Ultimate Intimacy. So download the app. They have it's actually they have conversation starters that you can have with your partner. They have um, sexual positions that you can try with your partner. Um, even games that you can do with your partner. So check that out. It's it's, it's a really really dope app. Um, Hold on. I, I think that too when you start making a list of sexual possibilities. Check it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Make a list and check it twice. <laughs> you also have to make sure in this list that you are also respecting um respecting your your partner's sexual boundaries. Um and this I don't know what I was watching, I was watching something. Oh, I was watching the Red Table Talk. And I talked about this on my Talk About It Tuesdays, who I think it was like episode two of Talk About It Tuesdays, where Jada Pinkett had, um, God, what's his name? Basketball player on there talking about his his past sexual trauma. Um, and I think sometimes people don't realize they can be in a relationship with someone who's not shared their sexual any sexual trauma they may share that they've had sexual trauma but they may not ever be open to discuss it because they don't want to relive that you know that experience they don't want to the possibility open the possibility of the feelings and everything that was attached to that past experience to resurface and so it's important that when you are making your list that you need to have a conversation with your partner too and be like listen i would like to do things to make sure that we can keep our flame in our relationship and make sure we always have this passion and i want to know when i'm coming up with stuff that i'm not doing things that make you feel traumatized or that make you feel um like something's being forced on you. I want us to both you be okay agree with this. On it. Yeah. yeah, you gotta be okay you with it. Be able to define those limitations for yourselves. Yeah, you know. And don't worry about the outside world. You and know, it's just like a couple has to define a relationship for yourself and stop trying to live up to others' expectations because the only people that are in this relationship is me and her. And I think a lot of people too, when it that you you're in church and you grow up in church too you limit yourselves as far as what you can do in your relationship you know what i'm saying and it's like no i we can't i don't want to use a whip whip in my you know in the bedroom because i don't want god to think i'm raunchy you know i'm like you if you have a piece about what you're doing in your sexual experience first of all it ain't nobody else's business so if other people know that you using whips and handcuffs first thing she bought was a whip first of all <laughs> God, (laughs) my that my business. Whip me, (laughs) whip me, Tiffany. (laughs) Something's wrong with you. Anyway, come on, mouse. If people know what you are doing in the bedroom, that means you telling your business. And so I think that if you have a place of peace and it's something that's enjoyable for you and your husband and you don't feel like you're doing something that's dirty, then it should be okay. You know what I'm saying? But it is important to make sure that you're setting those boundaries with your partner when you're making a list. 
feel f- five. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. <laughs> Keep the mystery alive. So no matter how long you've been together, make an effort to be seductive and keep your erotic connection fresh. Put some surprise into the relationship. Break the predictable pattern every so often. Mm-hmm. Like so, by our wits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to, you know, break it up every once in a while. Show up at work and show them what the thing made for. What? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Okay, let's All move right. on to tip Number six. six. <laughs> um, keep in touch with your own sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's important. Um, you know, you did bring up church. So you brought up church. And I think a lot of times because... I mean, a lot of people, I mean, everybody I know been brought up in church. You know what I mean? So that was just part of our culture. And those, and another thing, a part of our culture is that we didn't talk a lot about sex, period. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So you didn't talk about how you felt about sex. So you didn't talk about what makes you, what makes you horny or what makes you feel good or, you know, what doesn't feel good. First of all, because you don't know yourself. Well, let me say this. I think my my personal um, theory on why a lot of African-American families don't have open conversations about sex is the history of sex in, in our culture. You know, coming from slavery, you know, African-American slaves being seen, African-American women being seen as property, I mean, I have access to you. So there's a history of rape. There's a history of women being made to sleep with their sons, fathers being made to sleep with their daughters, because when you have animals, you breed animals, because those animals are your property. So if I want to make money off of a, a, a blue-haired pit bull, I'm going to find me another pit bull, somebody else going to have that, and I'm going to put them together. If I want to sell milk, I'm going to constantly keep a cow pregnant. And so in our culture, we come from a history where we were seen as property and you have a lot of rape, you have a lot of forced incest. And I think, you know, if you believe in post-slavery disorder, which basically says that certain things can be passed down genetically, like the fear of water, the fear of dog slaves dying on slave ships or, um, Slaves being hunted in the woods by dogs. Like, you have so many black people that scared of dogs for no reason. It could be a chihuahua. you be like, you could kick this dog. <laughs> you could literally jump and stump on this dog. But yet, you are terrified. And you can't even un- understand where that comes from because you never had a bad traumatic experience mm-hmm. that you can recall. It's because these things have been passed down. And I, so, I think in our families, we don't talk about sex and sexual intimacy because of the history of sex. Sex was used to criminalize. Sex was used to punish us in in those in our history. Men, black men who had um, large genitalia were sometimes castrated or sterilized. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. the slave owners didn't like the fact that they had larger genitalia. So, yeah, but you know one thing now though? Us free. 
<laughs> yes, we are free, but what? But yeah, I, I understand what you're but saying. But I am saying that I think that's where it stems from, and because we don't have those discussions about sex, we, it's important to break the stigma. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot about what this show is about. Is about breaking the stigma associated with mental health and talking about subjects that a lot of people don't want to talk about. But people, you have to talk about it. Yep. You know, so to get through it, you got to you got to talk about that stuff. You know, so don't just hold it in because it's ruining your relationships. Yeah. When you hold stuff like that in, it is literally ruining your relationships. And sometimes you don't know why. And that's why we advocate mental health therapy. We advocate for mental health counseling. Uh, we, we advocate for talking, talking through these things. And we have a, fortunately, our culture, we don't. We, we just... We just go and live through it and be like, okay, we're going to ignore that. Yeah. And, and just we, keep going. And be like, um. And we go through experiences. We'll go through sexual experiences and be like, okay, I did this and I know I don't like that. But it's important for you to try to figure out what you like sexually. Yeah. And that, that can look very different. I'm not even going to get into the ways. I want people to be creative and, and use your imagination. Okay. Mm-hmm. But. It's important for you to understand what you like and dislike sexually. And if you have a past history of sexual trauma, it's especially important for those people who have had a history of sexual trauma or some type of um, rape or something traumatic to basically take the time to figure out this works for me, this doesn't work for me, this causes me anxiety and work through that. So, especially when you're married. Yeah, because and sometimes you might need to seek out a set a sex coach. So that was tip number seven: seek out a sex coach. You know, I don't. You know, of course. Now we talk about mental health counseling, and now we're talking about sex coach. I believe for people who are just getting out there and talking to people, you know, going the mental health counseling route first, and maybe then doing a the sex coach. I would suggest. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm more I think I'm more conservative because of the way I grew up in terms of my thinking and what's okay for me. And I think I have had to learn that there are different things that God gives us the ability to do. You know what I'm saying? And you have some people who I think their experience, their lived experience, become. When, especially when it's been a bad lived experience, sometimes make them passionate. I've had some experiences, some traumatic experiences. Makes I've them passionate? Passionate about doing certain things. I'm sorry, I didn't mm-hmm. finish that sentence. Makes them passionate about doing certain things or, or, or um, pursuing certain careers. And so, because of my own personal experiences in life, you know, counseling really called me and I realized I was really good at it. And I, I randomly chose counseling. Okay, I only chose counseling because Lamar was like, "I'm gonna go to school for counseling." I was like, "Oh, that sound full, uh, sound fun." I'm staying at home with the children, raising kids. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to school to be a counselor too, mm. right? And so he decided that that wasn't his calling after all. Um, but I really fell in love with it. But I fell in love with it because of my own past experiences. You know, I've talked about you know my living through divorce. You know, my parents got divorced. They ended up getting remarried. But my dad was also he struggled with addiction. Um, so that you know, I have my own sexual trauma from childhood sexual trauma, and so it just was like I can resonate with this, and I feel like I can bring something. It's just like a pastor, 
you know, growing up in church, to me, some of the best pastors were the people who've been through stuff. Because you can say, I've been, I've been through the fire. I've been through the flood. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, you know, I came out on the other side, right? And so with a sex coach, I believe people who are drawn to that are people who are gifted in that. And I think those people you who... You mean like the coaches? Yeah, the coaches okay. who, who are sex coaches. I believe that God can call us in different areas. And so for people who really struggle, does this align with my spiritual values? Does this align with uh, who I am as a Christian, Muslim, whatever your faith is? You really need to ask yourself and step back and say, if I was called to be a doctor and help save lives, or if I was called to be a massage therapist, yes, and help or, save lives, and help, yeah, and help save lives, one one massage at a time. Yes. Um, why why can't a sex coach be called to help people become, become improve their intimacy and right, become one right, right. with their husband? You have no idea how many times I've had. Um, women to ask me to teach their husbands how to do a massage why do you think that is because touch is lacking in america it's like people don't know positive how to, touch positive touch people don't know how to touch unless they're trying to have sex or be violent or be violent mm -hmm. they don't know how to um even sometimes women leave confused because men too because <laughs> it's like they get a massage and it's like Okay. Did we just do? Did I just did I just commit to some? Yeah, right. <laughs> and we going so out. Like, yeah. But it's all love, man. And and that's what touch is about. Touch is about connecting. It's about uh, it's about um, loving each other and showing that love through touch. And there's a lot of people craving it. I mean, and, you and, have you got people out here with careers and snuggling. I mean, think about that. I, I mean, people are actually making sixty, seventy dollars an hour to snuggle with your spouse, <laughs> and I hate to say it like that, but, or another person, or another person. But it's just like, look, just learn how to love each other. But we hear so many men that are opposed to it. So I asked one of my clients, and black people, yes. Lord, black people, we but, know um, they don't like to be touched. Like, mm -mm, they hurt. I'm, I'm getting up out of the chair. I'll be yeah. like, sit down. Somewhere. <laughs> so, that's my um, kicks out your shoulder. So I had one of my clients. She was like, "Can you show my husband?" I was like, "You know what? Ask your husband." I said, "I'm willing to show him if he's willing to learn." And she came back. She was like, "He is not interested." I think this is the thing, though, and I think this is important to say because. You know, Lamar talking about touches love and all this other kind of stuff. But for people who are not familiar with massage or see massage as some freaky thing, you know, I'm married to massage therapists. I am not a massage therapist. I am not good at it. I will break out the Theragun every time he asks to get a massage because that just ain't my calling. But I think it's important to realize but, when but he... But also... Hold on. Let me finish my thought. So, <laughs> I, I think it's important to realize that... He's saying this as a massage therapist and somebody that's on the other end who's uncomfortable with touch be like, I don't want nobody touching my woman. He's talking about touch his love. What are you trying to do? Seduce her? But I think it's important for for you to recognize what he's saying. That he's saying that once it's, it's something as simple as somebody's crying and you put your hand on their back or their shoulder and say, it's going to be okay. Or you put your hand on top of their hand. Like think about teachers. 
You know, if a kid is crying and is in a bad emotional spot and you're standing there, it would look insensitive if you didn't touch them, right? The way a teacher consoles a child who is in distress is through touch. It's, the, it's to say, I'm there with you. I'm present with you. Yes, baby, I'll be deep. You're preaching, you. aren't you? <laughs> so it's, huh? yes. Teach me how to love. <laughs> so I think it's important for you to really break that down. It's not saying I'm trying to trying to fill a void for your your spouse or your partner. It's basically saying I'm present with them and I see that they have a void. And I'm saying there is someone in the world who sees you and who cares about you. That's it. Yeah, it's it's a part of active listening. It's part of connecting and the connecting. But you know we can actually listen without saying anything. So your body speaks in so many ways. And sometimes they need a partner to just be an active listener to what their body is saying. And we need to be there to provide that compassionate touch. You know, so if this your spouse is stressed out and you're not willing to console them, you're not willing to hold them, you're not willing to say, you know what? If your feet are hurting, let me rub your feet. You I know what I mean? I'm not willing to say that. Yeah, she will not rub my feet. And it actually threw me off one day because I'm, I'm a massage therapist, right? So I'm always I'm massaging sorry, I didn't mean to throw you into another but, tangent. No. So I had somebody who offered to massage my feet one time. I was walking. I was at work. This one, I was... Yeah. So I was walking. I was at work. And my foot was hurting. And she was like, you want me to massage your feet? And it threw me back. Because my wife don't do feet. Like, my wife would not massage my feet. I have. So, she it's has. It's very rare. Yeah. I think a couple of years ago. No, I actually massaged my feet this year. Okay. So, <laughs> when this when this young lady said, offered to massage my feet, and she's a massage therapist, I it put me in the place of a client who's never had massage before. And somebody said, hey, you want me to rub your feet? <laughs> And it threw me back because the only thing I can remember is that my wife won't touch my feet. And now I have this other female here saying, would you like me to rub your feet? And I was like, oh, I actually felt like I didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm good. Like, it actually made me feel uncomfortable for a little bit. You know what I mean? And I was like. It's a little weird, personally. But I no, think what no, helped it was not, that she was on, a massage you, therapist. Yeah. Yeah, of course, if she was a stranger, they would definitely have been crazy. <laughs> like, but, I'm a stranger. Yeah. But that but, has happened. But I'm just saying, it's like, you know, I can understand. I do understand what my wife was saying. I understand where where people who've never had massage and who've never experienced a touch like that before come from. But I've been doing this 15 years, and I'm trying to tell you now, it's important that as a couple and as um, husband and wife or as partners, that you are you learn how to um, provide that aspect of touch in your relationship, and that's it. And, and you know what? I think this is a whole a podcast or a, a topic for a different time. But I think at some point we need to talk about how important touch is for parents and children. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not gonna get into that, but touch in itself is important and so even if you and your partner are not engaging in sex 
and the passion has fizzled out in your marriage, I would say start with simply learning to touch each other. Something as simple as sitting where your shoulders and your arms are touching, you're holding hands. Um, you know, something as simple as putting your arms around the other person. It's important because touch, like he said, says so much. Cut it out. <laughs> touch says so much. And so I think um I think one thing that stays with me from my childhood that I think let me know I grew up in a household where my parents would argue. You know, they argue quite a bit. Um, sometimes it would drive us crazy. But I knew that my parents loved each other, right? And I think the one thing that I that really stood out to me with my parents is I don't care how many times they would argue. When my parents were in the car and they were not mad at each other, which wasn't all the time. I mean, it was all the time, but it wasn't. They were holding hands. Mm -hmm. They were always holding hands. You know what I'm saying? Like, my dad would reach over and, and, and put his hand out for my mom to grab his hand, or my mom would just grab my dad's hand. And to me, as a child, that memory is engraved in my in in my memory. You know, that that experience of seeing them riding down the street despite all the stuff, you know, that went on in their relationship, mm -hmm. that is a significant part of my my childhood was right. seeing that no matter what went on mm -hmm. with my parents, my dad hugged my mom, my dad kissed my mom, and they held hands. And just seeing them touch each other. So imagine what it says to your partner when you never touch them. Something as simple as rubbing them on the back or hugging them to say, you know what? You look like you're having a bad day. Or massaging their feet. I, <laughs> that one is going to be Got a <laughs> Alright guys. I think that this is a topic that we could go on and on about. But the gist we want to want you to take away is sexual intimacy is really important for a healthy relationship, a healthy marriage. You can't have a healthy marriage without having a healthy sexual uh, relationship with your partner. And so mm. our takeaways today is you have to be very intentional in investing time and effort into having a, a successful relationship and a successful sexual relationship. So, that's all for me. You have any last words? Start kissing. Deep, intimate kissing with your spouse is very important. So, start kissing your partner. Yep. All right, until next time, live your best life. Living through your stress life. And holla!